Hey guys, Anna Victoria here, and I'm so excited for you to join me on my podcast, Your Best Life. I'm the CEO and founder of the FitBody app, a fitness influencer, and a personal trainer. Every week, I'm going to have a special guest that will share their unique experience and unique story to share how they learned how to live their best life, even if they're still working on it, since we are all a work in progress. I can't wait to help you learn how to create your best life. Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Life. I have my husband, Luca, here with me. Ciao a tutti. <laughs> Today's guest is Dr. Alejandro Younger, who is a cardiologist and New York Times bestselling author of four books, the latest being Clean 7, Supercharge Your Body's Natural Ability to Heal Itself, the one-week breakthrough detox program. He is passionate about functional medicine and detoxification to restore the body's natural ability to heal itself. He has studied both Eastern and Western medical practices and combines both in his clean program aimed at helping people feel their best. So today's episode is going to be a little controversial. Yeah, I mean, detox, uh, the detox word is, you know, it's a very buzzword right now in the fitness industry. It has been for a while. And, you know, we have some thoughts about it, especially you. Yeah, and I am too. And, you know, I'm I'm excited to give this opportunity because I definitely, I don't only want to talk to people who I agree with or who agree with me. You know, I want to dissect these really, you know, tough topics. I think that the problem with the word detox, though, is it's such a buzzword. It fits right into diet culture right, and fat right. dieting. And I'm, you girls know, those of you listening, <laughs> I'm not about that at all. But I think what he's going to talk about is more about like in the context of uh, like a medical detox and and things like that, because he's a doctor. So that's kind of more the world that I want to explore. Um, So, yeah. So let's see how this goes. (laughs) Here is my talk with Dr. Alejandro Younger. I'm really excited to talk to you and dive more into the topic. Um, do you want to start by just telling us a bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, my name is Alejandro Junger. I'm a cardiologist. I was born in Uruguay. I did my internship and residency and fellowship in internal medicine and cardiology in New York. After that, um, during that time of training, I got really sick. I was diagnosed with depression, irritable bowel syndrome, severe allergies. I was given seven prescription medications. That didn't make sense to me, so I took off and started looking for a different solution, which took me first to find meditation in in an ashram in India where I lived for a long time. And and then there I was exposed to, you know, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, chiropractic medicine, naturopathic medicine, massage therapy, meditation as therapy, as treatment, Mm -hmm. as medicine. Then I came back to the United States, started working in hospitals again and started getting really sick again. Whatever, whatever I had gotten better from in India went out the window once I, I came back and started the rat race in the cutthroat business of, of medicine in the United States and, and started getting sick again. And it wasn't until I found the concepts and practices of detoxification that I was able to not only get rid of all my problems completely, but even more beyond. I looked and felt 10 years younger and you know, everybody started asking me. So initially I, I found these, these practices through a spa, really, a detox spa. Mm. And, but the woman that, that created this spa, she had gotten very sick. She had been uh, prescribed medications and surgery you know her problem was more digestive but but um autoimmune anyway she cured herself through what she teaches there which is juice fasting and colonics and probiotics and fiber and massages and breath work so that was really enlightening for me but i thought at that time that it was a little bit like magic you know i come from a scientific mm-hmm. world it's like uh, detox, schmetox, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but then I stumbled upon the Institute for Functional Medicine, which put everything into perspective for me. What I'm talking about is this. What I was looking at, which were the results in people that were getting incredibly better through cleansing and detoxification, 
um, I couldn't understand really because I mean it was foreign to me. Juices could do that. What are you talking about? How come they didn't teach me in medical school then? So so um, I thought it was a little bit a little bit like hokey pokey. But when I studied functional medicine, functional medicine, and they explained that the body has a detoxification system, just like it has a cardiovascular system, just like it has a digestive system, just like it has an immune system that everybody seems to be so interested in learning about these days. <laughs> there is a detoxification system that, of course, has di different components, different organs, different cells, right? And different systems in the body share many uh, organs. So the digestive system and the detoxification system share the intestines, the liver, right? And so does the immune system, shares uh, things with the digestive system and with the detox. Everything is connected, right? But my interest at the beginning was much about the detoxification system. And the, and the reason why I didn't really put it together, I mean, functional medicine didn't teach me any data, any, any concept about cells and, and molecular biology, all of that. I learned in medical school, but I learned separately. Because in medical school, they teach about the kidney, they teach about the liver, they teach about the lungs, they teach about the skin, they teach about the intestines as separate things, right? And therefore, at the end of your studies in medical school, you go to your specialty and you can become a kidney specialist or a liver specialist or, or a gastroenterologist. But nobody really in medical school taught me how to think of all these organs as components of a system that has one clear intention and function, which is the conversion of toxic molecules, whether they are from the waste product of your metabolism or toxic molecules that you ingest through the air you breathe, the water you drink and shower with, the medications you use, the cosmetics you apply on yourself, but mostly from the foods that you eat, which is not really foods. They are food-like products. They come in boxes, yeah. jars, cans, tubes. And for be, if in, to, to be in these containers and have a shelf life, they have to have preservatives and conservatives and coloring agents and, and, you know, and tasting agents and smelling agents. So all these chemicals, they go in. Most of these chemicals only dissolve in fat. So they go into your intestines, they go into your blood, and then they pass through the liver. And in the liver, the hepatocytes, they, send, they start spitting out enzymes that will grab these molecules and will break them and add other molecules to them in order to transform them from only fat-soluble into water-soluble and from toxic to non-toxic. So then the non-toxic water-soluble molecules can be eliminated through urine, sweat, intestines, and you know, through feces, even through the breath, right? This is the whole system of detoxification that I became fascinated with. Wrote, wrote a, a book about, created a program that is well known. Amazing. Okay, so... Um I love everything that you shared in your experience, especially about you coming from a Western background and kind of getting introduced more to a holistic, functional medicine, Eastern kind of, you know, experience. And, and would you say that you merge those two or do you now feel like you identify more with the naturopath or holistic side of medicine? I identify with, with trying to help people heal. So, okay. so I see everything, medicine, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, meditation, hands-on healing. I see all of them as tools and, yeah. and all of them have their value and can be combined or not. And the art of doing that, of combining these things is what I'm trying to Perfect. So for anyone listening that doesn't know about, you know, my stance on these things and just to share with you, I want to be completely honest and transparent that I do find myself aligning more with, you know, I don't want to say aligning with Western medicine because I definitely think that I lived in China for a year. Um, my husband is from Italy, you know, like they they live very you know, natural, healthy, whole foods, you know, natural foods, et cetera. It's just very much part of their culture. It is kind of the opposite of American food culture. Okay. So I have experienced and seen the difference um, in ways of living as well. 
But with that being said, I do align myself with more of the types of, you know, not just principles, but facts that are backed up by science. So I, I, I have several questions for you on this front, but I, I want to say that just because a I, I want to for my listeners that are like, Anna, you always speak out against detoxification, you know, what what is this where you know you're you're talking about it possibly being a thing? Anna, Anna, uh, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second because you talk about aligning yourself with the principle, you know, and you yeah. and, and when somebody talks about aligning, you can see already there's there's a conflict because you go to a team, uh, you align yourself. No, right? and I I, to- I totally see what you mean. Yeah, I would say you understand, witnessed, or experienced, or or studied, or heard from. The things that you talk about, but there are many, there's many other things in the planet. I totally agree because I, you know, I had an experience where I, you know, born and raised in the United States, I ate junk food my entire life. There was no nutrition education, you know, in the system and the education system and even in my family. So in my early twenties, I started having health problems, digestive issues, GI issues. I went to the doctor, actually to the emergency room and they gave me a prescription medication. And they didn't ask me anything about my diet. They didn't ask me about my lifestyle or my my exercise routine. And I took the medicine and I could tell that it was only covering up an issue. And it was my, at the time, my boyfriend, he's now my husband, who's from Italy, that was like, you know, maybe it's all the processed foods you're eating. And I was like, leave me alone. I love the food. Okay. And it really took me a while to open up to the idea that, hmm, maybe this prescription pill is not the solution. You know, maybe it is in my daily habits and my lifestyle and what I'm putting into my body. And at that time we had moved to China. And actually, to be honest, that's when he told me, okay, you now have the time to start taking care of of yourself and, and researching how to eat healthy and fuel your body. And that's what I did. And I was truly shocked to see how much of an impact food was having on my body that growing up in the United States in with the American food system, like you said, a lot of the food is food like products, you know, and I completely agree with that. And I experienced it. And I essentially, I don't want to say cured because I didn't, I wasn't diagnosed with a condition or anything, but I resolved a lot of, not all, a lot of them, all of my digestive and GI issues just by purely eating whole natural foods the end, you know? So I completely see where you're coming from. And I, I value your, um, expertise and your experience, but my question is more rooted in the word detoxing, because that is, it's a buzzword in the fitness industry. It is what people want to hear. They are like, they want to be told this is exactly what you need to do. And this is going to solve all of your problems. And while I I do believe that the principles that go along with detoxing and introducing, you know, I I read through, you know, some of your book and I I watched several of your videos. Um, I completely agree with so much of what you're saying, but what there's no scientific backing for detoxing, right? Says who? Clinical trials and studies. There's tons of scientific studies. There's, there's, I have, I have textbooks of functional medicine with, with, with pages and pages of reference of scientific studies. The problem is that you don't, nobody, until functional medicine, nobody really put them together because certain things that are only looked by kidney specialists, when you start tying up with other things that are only looked by, by hepatologists, then, then you start understanding and you start really putting together things yeah. but but the thing is that scientific studies are not that absolute in life right i completely and, agree. and so many things that are com- totally proven by scientific studies yeah. keep on changing and things right. come back yes. and when they go and they and what we thought now it's great you know look at america when i when i arrived there was a war on fat everything was right. fat free low fat so yeah. then everybody was carving up yeah then everything changed and everything was like right. carb free. And then now we're falling in love with, with fat again. And, and everybody, when they talk, they talk about all the scientific studies and there's yeah. scientific studies. So it, it, when, when I hear somebody limiting their life through what's proven in scientific studies, that maybe they are proven, just not put in the context, it makes me think that person is missing an opportunity. 
No, and I actually love that you pointed that out because I have noticed kind of the same thing even in the fitness industry, you know, where people say, okay, this is the right way to do a squat, you know, don't ever let your knees pass your toes type thing. And that was like what everyone spouted until new research came out, you know, that actually depends on the your your biomechanics, your body, your femur length, your shin bone length, etc. So I I love that you pointed that out. And I think that that is a really important thing to keep in mind. Um, So I think that it's probably that word detox that just gets people either really interested, you know, because it is such a buzzword. The problem is that nobody talks about the same thing when they say detox, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why the Institute for Functional Medicine now changed the name of detox courses into biotransformation courses. Because when you start understanding the the biomechanics, the molecular aspect, the the biological aspect of what is happening. So where where all these toxins go? What what do these toxic molecules uh, do in the body? And and you say there's no studies. I mean, I don't know where you looked or or if you even know how to look for these things. There's plenty (laughs) of studies that show That, that molecules can be toxic and can harm your body and that they're converted yeah. in, the, in, the, in the liver by, by phase one mm-hmm. and phase two detoxification with the cytochrome P450 enzymes, the conjugates. The, so I, we can talk about the biology of this until, yeah. until the sun comes down. Well, I'm not going to pretend that that's my specialty. It's absolutely not, you know, but I do look to people who are researchers in the uh, nutrition and fitness field that you know, are constantly saying like, hey, here is a study done from 2018, 2019, 2020 that are clinical trials. They're not... You're not going to pretend that, uh-huh. you, that you're an expert on that. But then you, you talk about, well, there's no scientific study, as if you were an expert on that. So, you know, where, where, where are we going? Are you an expert on... on, on, a, on no, on- I'm absolutely not. And this is exactly why I wanted to have you on because I have other people on that are more in the, you know, science-based realm. And I love, I, I absolutely acknowledge and agree that there's no one size fits all. There's no, it's not Western or Eastern. I think that there is a, and whether those are even the right terms to use, I absolutely think that the right approach is somewhere in the middle and, you know, taking the principles from both sides and also what works for each person is going to be completely different. Yeah. I, th- I don't think, I don't think it has to do anything to do with somewhere in the middle. I think that everybody's different and things yeah. work for, for some and for some they don't. And, um, and, and listen, the people that you say that you're talking to that are in the scientific world, I am in the scientific world. I'm an MD and I know exactly uh-huh. what the world of, of Western medicine does. And I do a lot of it, right? So it's not about being in the middle. It's about finding what works and, and, and finding the, word to, the way to do things safely. And, and, mm-hmm. and safely is really not only reserved for the things that are scientifically studied or in that world right. that you align yourself with. Because, mm-hmm. because we know that chemotherapy and, and, and radiotherapy and all these things, that, every, that, that everybody goes like, like cattle to the, to the killing house to get their chemotherapy. And they, these chemotherapy agents are killing more people than, than, uh, mm. than they're saving. That, I mean, but that... I th- I think that that is a very controversial thing to say because it's it is it is saving lives. I'm not going to begin to even make a statement on whether it's not in some cases. Listen, it's it has its use and it has its yeah. and it has its really incredible value. And yeah. and it helps save lives when used in in the right circumstances for the right indications combined also with the right way of doing things because if you just keep on eating the standard american diet full of saturated fats sugar and 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 simple carbohydrates and you get chemotherapy you're going to have less chances than if you are eating a whole uh, food diet with lots of plant uh, Mm -hmm. nutrients so so when you talk about chemotherapy you don't talk about only one thing there's many ways of doing it and there's many contexts in which we, in which way it is done. So are you making the statement that eating a whole food, plant-based food diet could prevent people from needing to go through chemotherapy? I'm saying that if, if you eat a plant 
based diet and not necessarily all plants because I eat chicken and I eat fish. Right. So, but I, I, I don't eat it as the basis of my, of my diet. I use it, you know, as an accompanying, as a, as a, as a, as a condiment, as a, you know, as an extra ingredient. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm saying that when you eat that way, your chances are better for everything, for having an immune right. system, which is resilient, for having a digestive system, which is not inflamed and an inflammatory system which is alert and and ready to to do its job but not disseminated diffusely systemically through your blood causing the chronic diseases like cancer diabetes uh, and you name mm. it so yeah of course i'm not saying that if somebody comes to me with advanced cancer i say no 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 don't have chemotherapy let's go and have some 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 salads that's not what i'm saying so what I'm saying is, okay, maybe we need chemotherapy at this time, but let's also have some phytonutrients and plants yeah. and let's learn how to balance your, 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 your gut and, and resolve your, you know, your inflammation. You know, I'm not saying, yeah, no, don't do chemotherapy. Let's go eat salad. Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm saying when you eat a plant-based diet, you're going to have a, a, a better chance not only of doing better in chemotherapy, but maybe even avoiding it. If you start early enough, sometimes it's Got too it. late okay. and chemotherapy is a great tool. Yeah. So there's something that you touched on that I would love to hear your thoughts on. And, you know, I, I, I alluded to it a bit in the beginning, how, you know, I grew up in the United States with the U.S. food culture. But my husband is from Europe and he's from Italy, where they have a much different agricultural system and they're just food system in general. And I always hear from people saying, oh, in the United States, I can't eat gluten. I, you know, I, I'm whether having celiac disease is one thing, but being gluten intolerant, you know, is uh a, a different thing that's more widespread and people say, oh, but I went to Italy and I could eat all the pasta I wanted. I have that experience with many, many patients. Right. And, and you know, I've, I've heard that so many times. And, you know, and like I said, I want you to know that I am not against, you know, naturopathic or holistic medicine at all. I really, really try to step back and look at both and listen to stories from both sides. And this is one area that the more science-based people that I follow have not been able to answer for me because they say like, okay, but our food industry here, like it has nothing to do with how people's bodies are reacting to things. But then I'm hearing from people, I, 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 one of the, I would say second to fitness, the topic that people come to me for is Italy, <laughs> you know, where to travel, what to eat. So your husband, your husband became your doctor, not your doctor, became your healer. Um, because he told you, come and eat, eat some Italian food, right? He just gave me a, some advice. I would say him becoming my healer is, you know, a bit of a stretch, but he definitely guided me onto the right path of learning how to eat better. All right, let's not, let's not stretch that. But let, let's say that somebody that can show you a, a, a Mediterranean way of eating as a treatment mm -hmm. is, is a good healer because look at you. Yeah. You resolved all your issues, correct? Right. Now that's the way they live in Italy. That's the way they're born and they, yeah. they grow up and they and they, and, they, and they die in, in in that part of the world, right? And they eat yeah. they eat a lot of plants and stuff. So um, one of the things that happens in Europe is that they don't allow genetically modified organisms. There are no GMOs. So the, you know the most GMO uh, crops are corn, uh, wheat, mm -hmm. uh, you know soy. So so. Not only they don't allow uh, GMOs in, in Europe, but because they don't allow GMOs in Europe, they don't need uh, pesticides and, and, and fertilizers as much as we need here. Now, that alone can give you plenty of, of road to think about different possibilities of why wheat is not the same in, in, in America than in, than in Italy. And now there, are, there is some scientific uh, research towards finding that that um that glyphosate is contained in a lot of the of the right. glutinous right. products and and that alone can also explain the difference in the reactions of people that eat gluten here and eat gluten there now nobody knows a hundred percent for sure but that but that it exists it exists so so you know whatever your your, your friends that you're consulting with they cannot argue with that that is a phenomenon yeah. that's happening I mean, I had a patient that used to eat gluten and scratch his head because of the, of the itchiness that he started bleeding. And then he went to Italy and he called me, just as you say, so surprised. Yeah. And I couldn't resist. I had to have a plate of pasta. 
and I felt great. And then I had some bread and I felt great and, and nothing happened to him. I want to hear also your thoughts on in terms of meat products, because I do also agree that a primarily plant-based diet with some meat, you know, is ideal, you know, Mediterranean way of eating. Could that not also be said the same thing for the way that our, our farm is our, our, you know, the cows are raised here, that it's different um, in Italy because people say like, oh, I eat meat in the United States and I feel so lethargic and this and that. But Italy, like they, while Mediterranean, they absolutely eat, I would say, a decent amount of meat. It depends on what meat you're buying in the United States, right? Mm. The, th the issue with mm -hmm. meat is this. I believe that we are definitely part carnivore, right? We are a mixture of all animals. Uh, there's herbivore animals, there's carnivore animals. We have a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. And, and in fact, we can, we can see that. Like, I, I was talking yesterday to a, uh, an amazing doctor from uh, Australia who specializes in postnatal depletion. And he feeds women in a certain way and supplements women in a certain way to, to cover the, the depletion that it takes from a woman to have a baby and to create yeah. life and then to feed a baby, right? So motherhood, and that's his specialty. And he was telling me, he was telling me that, that um, there are receptors in your cells that are specific for zinc coming from plants or for zinc coming from meats. So we have in our cells the ability mm. to extract uh, nutrients both from plants and from meat, from meat. And the problem with meat is that, you know, that we are not eating real cow anymore. We are, eating, we are eating cattle. And what do I mean by cattle? Is the animal that is grown in feedlots, that never sees maybe the sun, that is fed in a completely unnatural way, and therefore all his, his or her digestive system gets screwed up and then you know, it gives him acidity or gives the, cat, the, cat, the cattle acidity, this grain diet that we give them, and therefore they, have a, they vomit that, which gets aspirated and gives them pneumonia. So farmers that grow cows in feedlots, they just put antibiotics in their food so that they avoid that infection that they're causing because of the way they're, they're growing them. So if you eat a, a wild game, if you go and, and hunt for your meat or eat an animal that was hunted, right? Like, like grass-fed cows that are happily running around in, in, in a field, then those cows have a completely different nutritional uh, value than the ones from the feedlot. You know, the, the omega-3 and the omega-6 fatty acid ratio is completely different. The, the, the inflammatory, because the cows that, that uh, grow up in feedlots are inflamed themselves. You are eating inflammatory factors that are going to confuse your inflammation system. Um, I want to go back to the word detox. <laughs> and the reason why I, I, I keep going back to this is because in the fitness industry, you know, like early on in the days of Instagram becoming popular, you would see like detox teas, you know, okay. And so detox has become a, 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 it was a buzzword. It was just, you know, very marketable, turned into a, a course contributed to the fitness industry being a multi-billion dollar industry without actually solving anything. So, you know, with what you're doing, it's different. It's not a tea, right? You know, you are promoting detoxification through eating whole natural foods and primarily veggies, right? Well, the thing is this, when you understand what the de how the detoxification system works, not only from a molecular point of view, but also from an energetic point of view, then you can put things in a way that you create the conditions, not only for the nutrients that the liver needs for, to do the detox work, you know, and all the, all the, you know, the vitamins and the minerals, because that's what it takes, really. You have to provide them. Otherwise, the liver cannot do its work. Yeah. But also the energetic aspect of things. Like for example, if you are con constantly in the digestive phase, in the digestive state, you, if you're constantly digesting food, and this is what's happening to most of Americans that eat, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks in the middle, and then, and then maybe a, a late snack before they go to sleep, they're all, their body's always digesting. Now, you, we know that a lot of digestion tires you and, and steals energy from other systems. Like for example, if you go to a party and you feast like crazy, then you fall asleep. 
because it not only steals energy from other systems and from the thinking, from the mental, from the uh, alert system also, you fall asleep, right? The digestive process takes a lot of energy. Right. Well, there's there's the thermic effect of food, which is where when you eat protein, fats, or carbs, that alone, to be able to even digest, that burns calories, right? That takes up energy. So, but in terms of you saying that it is taxing on our body, is that not just energy expenditure, like through cal- through like a caloric expenditure? Not everything reduces itself to calories, right? It's it's mm-hmm. more complicated than that. But, you know, the way I explain mm-hmm. to my patients is, is like this. Every system in your body is like appliance in your house that you plug into to the, you know, to the net of, of, of you know, to the socket, you know, to the energy that's supplied by the city, right? And each appliance, if it's not plugged or if there's not enough voltage, won't work well. So it's the same with organs and systems in the body. They're all plugged in to a source of energy. It's difficult to to think about it because it's not like it's coming through one cable. The source of energy is actually in every cell in the body. It's called the mitochondria, right? It's where where the um, sugar is burned through the Krebs cycle into into CO2 and water and, and release ATP, which is the energy unit of the body. But anyways, what happens is, is, the, the thing is that in your house, the appliances are sucking energy that's constantly provided. But in the body, there's only certain capacity of energy per, per day, let's say, right? And, and when one system uses too much energy, other systems suffer. This happens, for example, you are always talking about the fitness world. If you yeah. start asking women that are marathon runners and bodybuilders and fitness experts, at one point, they can even stop menstruating. Right. Well, that's because they're in too much of a caloric deficit. They're not eating enough. Well. Because I, I work with these women. This this is my area. So when I get a woman that comes to me and says, obviously, I mean, hormones, I'm not a, a, an endocrinologist, you know, but what if you're over-exercising and under-eating, yes, you are, you're, you're, that's amenorrhea. You're, you're not going to be getting your period. And the solution is eating more, just being sure that your body has enough energy, which are calories, to be able to bring your hormones back to normal. That is, it's a very simplified way of looking at it, but at the end of the day... It's too simplified and not, and not mm-hmm. correct. Okay. Because, because if you give a fitness woman more to eat and nothing else changes, it's not going to change. They have to rest. That's not they my experience. They have to rest more. They have, well... They do, yeah, I, I agree. They have to rest more, absolutely. But that, again, is going back to the, the energy expenditure. If you're reducing her energy expenditure and increasing her caloric intake, balancing that back out, that is going to allow her hormones to level back out and her period will return. Like I said, this is these are the women that I help on a regular basis. Well, but you just said it yourself. It has to be increase of calories, as you call it, yes. and, and decrease of energy expenditure. Yes. Initially, you only right. talked about the calories and that alone will not do it. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, you have your own experiences. I have mine. I see patients right, all right. day long. I have maybe different right. people that I'm seeing. No, and that's true. And I do think that my my clientele, my community, it's, it is very fitness focused. Um, but I don't only like to think about fitness. I don't only like to think about aesthetics. I want to think about health because calories, a lot of people and say, you know, the, the more, you know, science-based researchers in terms of calories say, okay, At the the end of the day, the only thing that impacts weight gain or weight loss is your caloric intake and being in a caloric deficit or not. Cool. I think I acknowledge that. I think that's great. But that doesn't mean that someone's going to be in good health, right? You know, it's not all about calories. It's not that, you know, as long as you're losing weight, you're healthy. No, that's not true. There's a lot more to it. And that's why I like these topics about, you know, how else can we look at what we're doing with our day-to-day life and and get to optimal health. You know, it's not just calories. It is also what is in the calorie if you're looking at your health, right? Would you agree? A hundred percent. And it even goes way beyond food. When you look at the blue zones and all the studies of yeah. all these, these um, uh, groups of people that live to a hundred and are chopping wood right. until 95 and, <laughs> right. and, you, and you ask them, they have a few things in common. And one of them is 
you know, the way they eat this plant-based diet with, with wild yeah. game when they eat meat and, 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 and also, but also there's family time. There's a purpose in yeah. life. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's spending outside in the sun, meditating, sleeping. They sleep like babies, these people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Your mental and emotional state and well-being, I think, are, are that's so hard, I think, to quantify in numbers and in science. There's no way to say exactly, like, how that impacts your health, but it, it absolutely does. It's, that's when your dear science is lacking the instruments and the knowledge and the understanding. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that's something that the American medical community, I don't want to say community, but the system is, is you know, has an opportunity to improve, you know. The system is is part of a bigger system, which is humanity. Right. And humanity in general, we are in a state of consciousness in which we find ourselves separate from everything and there's and there's divisions and there's Western medicine and there's Eastern medicine. Some people align with one, yeah. other people align with that. Some people need scientific for, uh, proof for everything, ignoring that scientific proof from 10 years ago is completely different and now even contradictory right. and it's going to be the same in five years. So, so right. you know, and there's camps and there's wars and everything, you know, they call each other names and stuff. I'm kind of like in the middle, you know, because I am a doctor right. and I have a, and I am a cardiologist and I can, put people on medications and I sometimes right. do and that, but I'm also a believer in that we are beings made of consciousness I think that you know as long as I think people are being open-minded is important you know and that kind of like you said not you know looking to just one way of doing things one prescription you know that is you know backed by science because like you said, things can change in five years. And what wasn't backed by science today in five years might be. Or what is not understood in science today and, right. and what may never be understood by science. Right. And I, I think that it's important to be open-minded enough to trying different things, but also not to, you know, get too stuck on, you know, well, this is this is what worked for one person. So it, it, th that must mean it, it would work for me. Right. Yeah. And, and and sometimes these things, these, you know, alternative things, whatever, may be dangerous, too. Or the way they're used are dangerous, too. Like, for example, I received right. a direct message on Instagram. You know, there was it was a follower of the medical medium. I don't know if you're familiar with. Yes. <laughs> and the medical medium, it, it, you know, I, I know him for 15 years. And he's been telling me these yeah. things for 15 years. Right? And one of the things that he recommends to a lot of people with incredible results in many cases is celery juice in the morning and an empty stomach, 16 ounces. Right. Right? So, so a woman writes to me and says, Dr. Junger, I know you like the medical medium and I just want to make sure and, and, and run it by you. But uh, my, my father has an aortic aneurysm, abdominal aortic aneurysm. And, and they tell him that he has surgery, but we said no. And we're going to start, and we started the celery juice a month ago. I said, are you not? Are you nuts? This is what modern medicine is amazing for to deal with the architectural right. problems with the body, they can, they can get that aneurysm, which is like a balloon ready to explode in your aorta with high chances of mortality, and they can fix it for you. And you have celery juice before and you have celery juice after, great. But, this right, is, right, but celery right. juice is very, li very little likely yeah. that celery juice is going to fix an abdominal aortic aneurysm. So you have to also be careful with this. Thing. Right. And I really, I really appreciate that you say that because that I get similar messages. And I think that's what puts me on alert to people saying, oh, just do a juice cleanse and it's going to fix your issues because that's not really the case. It depends. Well, let's, let's talk about that because you like, you like, you know, in functional medicine, I told you change the name from, from detox to biotransformation right. to refer to the molecular processes in the body that, that our detox program that is a sound a yeah. program made by somebody that really understands what's going on and is using this concept of biotransformation, then, then right. um, it's different. Not all detox programs are, cre are created equal. For example, right. if you live in the city and you're taking your kids to school, and you have a job and then you have to come home and then you have to do a course and you have to do dinner and then for the kids or you have a busy life, right? Whatever it is. But if you get a person yeah. like that, right, from, from at random from the public, right, and you put them on a, on, a, on, a, on a juice cleanse for more than two days, you can ruin their life. 
So you have to be careful. And so not all detox programs are created equal. And you have to understand yeah. what, how they are different and how they differently affect people. So there's a spectrum of intensity. Yeah. The most intense is water fasting. That puts you into a huge uh, intensity of, of detoxification. But it's not easy because, because, first of all, you're not providing the nutrients for the liver to work. So the liver has to get them elsewhere. So it gets them from autophagia, from eating your own self, right? And it starts with the diseased cells, the old white blood cells and things like that. But eventually, it goes into emaciation, right? So it may be an amazing tool if you want to get rid of some sick cells, right? But if you do that to a person that's working and, and, and taking kids to school and having a busy life, you can kill them, right? right. Also, you have to be careful. The, 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 neck and the second one in the spectrum of less intensity is juice fasting because at least some nutrients are going in. So in a, in a situation of a, or a busy life in the city, you know, for, from three to five days of juice fasting, if you were already doing stuff and already you know, pretty healthy, then that's doable, yeah. right? But if you're going to do a 21-day program in which you are, you know, you're trying to uh, uh, really affect your, your health, you have to support the liver nutritionally all the way. You have to take it slowly. So you have to equalize the intensity of the detoxification processes down. How do you do that? By eating a little more. The more you eat, the less intensive, intense your detoxification processes are going on. Right? The less you eat, the more intense. But you have to have an understanding of, of what intensity right. is appropriate for people in what circumstance, in what, in what environment and conditions. So this is, this is a type of detoxification that should be done under medical supervision, right? Which one? Um, like how you're saying about, you know, if you, they need to have an understanding of how it's going to impact their other systems. When you do a water fasting, when you do a juice fasting. Or even just a juice, right. Well, yeah, juice fasting right. for people that are like you, you know, already aware and already doing things healthy and you already came off your digestive issues by, by food yeah. alone. For, for somebody like you, three to five days of a juice fast is not going to do any damage. But if you get a diabetic, hypertensive uh, guy that, 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 you know, that, yeah. that, that has two jobs and, and he's taking four medications, two for high blood pressure, one for yeah. diabetes and one for, for gout, and you put him on a water fast, three days later he's dead or a juice fast. Right, right. So you have, to be, you have to understand. You, know, you, you cannot say, oh, people talk about detox. You know, which people talk? What kind of detox are they talking about? How much do they understand? Do they understand? Did they study functional medicine? Do they know how to talk about and, 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 and think of the detoxification system? How many people have they put through programs? How many people have they witnessed through the transformation of the, right. of the program itself? And, 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 and you know, where did they get the information? So people say, I don't care what people say. Tell me who, when, how, you know, all these experts yeah. that talk about, oh, detoxification is quacker. You know, and okay, let's talk about it. So why do you say that? Where do you read that? Who tells you that? You know, this expert, oh, I'm, I work in Harvard nutritional research and then detoxification is bullshit because your body already knows how to do it. Yeah, already knows how to do it. But if your body is getting what it already knows how to use, the nutrients that are needed, the, you know, the, the energy requirements, the the quality and, and, and quantity of sleep that you get, all these things factor in. Yeah. I have one quick question for you. What would you say about, you know, in terms of, again, detoxing with juices that are primarily veggie based, obviously not fruit based. Um, what about the difference of a lot of people say, well, if you just ate those veggies, in their full form, you would get the same outcome. Not, not you will not get the same outcome. You, you will get you, you will get an outcome. You will not get the same outcome because because always remember this rule, which is the more you digest, the more you make your your digestive system work, the less intense your detoxification. So so okay. maybe eating the vegetables that you're juicing will get the same results but two months later. Okay, understood. Um, all right, so if you were to give a, um, a, a quick mini guide, I know you have your book, um, if for someone that wants to kind of look more into how to truly do a de detoxification um, process and, and process, yeah, what, what would you say that they should start with? Well, they can start really simply as you did. 
right? Because what you did is not a detox program. You just changed the way you eat. So right. you are having a better detox system uh, yeah. uh, uh, life, you know? Your, your detox system is happier. It's, it's, it's more able to do its work. Not only the detox system, because the detox system alone doesn't work. It's, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. As I said, there's the systems that, that share organs and, and right? So, so when you did what you did, you not only improved your detoxification ability and function, you mm-hmm. improved your digestive function, you improved your immune function, you improved your hormonal balance, you improved many things, your mental sharpness, you know? So, so they, all these things go together. And what you did alone, it's the, it's, it's, it's the simplest thing that somebody can do, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So that alone is amazing. Now, if you want to go a little deeper, and in these times when everybody's locked in, munching you know, all kinds of garbage to calm their nerves, yeah. it's a great opportunity yeah. to do that, right? And then, and yeah, you can start with a program, like one of my programs. I have a 21-day program. I have a seven-day program. One of them is just based on functional medicine principles. The other one is a mixture of functional medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and intermittent fasting, and, and you know, using Ayurvedic herbs. Or, or there are many others. There's, a, there's a, one of my teachers, Dr. Diana Minich. She's a teacher of functional medicine. She's one of the main teachers worldwide of functional medicine. She's like the right-hand person to Jeffrey Bland, right? And she has a, a, a detox program too, which is called the, the, the Rainbow Diet and, his, and her books. Are, there's many, many ways of getting started. You know, my programs are just one way. But having yeah. said that, there's many, many, many ways in which you can mess it up. You know, like uh, if you just happen to read a water fasting uh, uh, book and you go right. and you try water fasting in the middle of a pandemia, you, your immune system is going to be yeah. probably worse off than if, than if you continue doing what you're doing. Right, right. Okay, great. Um, and the name of, of this podcast is Your Best Life. And the, the main message behind it is that there, there's no one best life. There are many different approaches, many different things that we can pull from different experiences, different cultures um, for each individual to find what is their own best life. So if you were to think of one thing that helped you live your best life, what would that be? This is something that I do minute to minute. And, and I actually did it a few times while talking to you because I, mm-hmm. my passions flared up a little bit. Every time I meet yeah, somebody that, that has yeah. a, a tinge of skepticism, <laughs> I, I, you know, I right. love to, to, to open their minds, right? If I can. Of course. So, so yeah. w- what I'm talking about is, is grounding myself in the present. Because for me, the way I understand things, all religions, all meditation techniques, they, they all really have one thing in common, which is that all of them are pointing to the state of being present, being in the now, the power of now, like Eckhart Tolle said, right? Well, this was really, really great. And I I hope you know that I I don't only want to talk to people that agree with me or that I'm going to agree with. I think it's so important to talk to people that have a completely different experience and point of view and be, you know, it's okay to be a bit of a skeptic because if you, it's important to believe what you believe, but still be open to hearing what other people have to say. So I really appreciate you. I love it that you are curious, that you at least, (laughs) at least are enough open-minded to listen to me. And yeah. and the thing is this the way the reason I get passionate and, and my my blood heats up yeah. because I'm a, yeah. I'm, a La, I'm from Latin America <laughs> right. is because right. because when people like you get converted yeah. and they really start right. and they really start seeing the possibilities then yeah. that is how things improve and 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 and, and right. you can reach mass consciousness because what I see as a doctor and the, re- the only reason I'm a doctor is in order to help people have the best life right so so <laughs> right. and I get passionate about about really spreading the word that's why I'm spending an hour with you instead of just going and cuddling with my kids right thank you so much for taking the time I really appreciate it I hope you and your family are staying safe and healthy right now we time. are and you too all right, so that, that was interesting. 
It, it really was. And I definitely could tell that, you know, tensions were a little high in the beginning. You know, right. I, I, you know, I, I definitely did not want to come out telling him like, hey, I don't believe any of what you're saying. No, not at all. I just want to make it clear like, hey, I typically root my my beliefs and my approach in what is scientifically backed. But there's there's a but, you know, like I also am open to hearing about other things. And I oh, think that he didn't he he kind of clung on to the first part <laughs> before I a could really bit, yeah. I could really finish. And that's fine. And I get it. And like he said, you know, it's something he's passionate about and, and as he should be. And he had some really good points also about the farming industry in the United States where, you know, he eats right. meat, you know, just to make sure it's grass fed. You know, right. it's a certain kind of meat because we know antibiotics and, you know, hormones that are given to cattle nowadays in the U.S. That, right. You know, because, Luca, you. you eat so much meat in Italy. Like, I do. No, we do. Even like, though, I would say even though you grew up eating Mediterranean, you definitely eat, I would say, a lot of meat, right? We do eat meat and we do eat a lot of gluten, obviously a lot of pasta. So at the same time, it's pretty balanced. Remember, you know, every no, time sure. there is always a couple of portions of vegetables. There is always legumes, you know. It's still a very balanced diet. And that's also what he said. I'm, I'm happy that he wasn't so extreme. It needs to be balanced, right? And right. I think we can agree with that. I remember when we first moved to Italy and we lived in the same piazza as your parents. Yes. And we would go over for dinner multiple times a week. And I would be surprised at how often there were multiple uh, veggie dishes. And that, that was just like the standard. And there was always fruit afterwards, you know, and there were always legumes and, you know, but also, you know, pasta and meat, you know, it, right, it was right. very balanced. So, you know, I really appreciate him coming on and taking some uh, tough questions. And, and like I said, I don't have the scientific background to be able to say, well, this is why you're right or wrong. And that, that wasn't what I was looking to do on this anyways. You know, I just want to, you know, discuss from a you know, a bigger overview of, you know, the different approaches. And it was definitely a, a great, an interesting, but great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I would love to hear what you think about it. So let us know in the Facebook group or on Instagram. Um, leave us a comment, let us know, and we will talk to you guys next time. And that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to share with a friend, spread the word and help us grow our tribe. Please rate and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes each week. You can also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, both under the same name, Your Best Life Podcast, to keep the conversation going. You can also send me an email at yourbestlifepodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured in a future episode. Your Best Life is a Gallery Media Group original production.